What it do, what it do, what it do. This is the Richard Junkies Podcast on the Sports Pulse Podcast Network. As always, man, I am your host, Brooks. And, of course, I have with me Marcel. Marcel, say what's up to the people, man. What's going on? What is going on? Man, it's trade deadline Friday. One of the best days for NBA fans. And my, did we have a very, very busy day. Let's get started off with the most important trade of the day. For us, at least. For Wiz Junkies fans. Wiz Junkies podcast, at least. Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner both got traded today to the Chicago Bulls in exchange for... I am sorry. In exchange for... Oh, I forgot his first name. I'm sorry, guys. Gafford and... uh, Daniel Gafford. Yep. Gafford and then Hutchison. Uh, Two guys... Or one guy, Gafford, is... um, I think a lot of people are projecting him to be just another running big, big and also being able to bring up run protection for us. And then Hudson, he's kind of like a throw-in piece. We're going to have to see what happens to him. The main thing is the fact that our big man depth got improved. Uh, Marcel, man, what did you think of this trade? Um, Honestly, it's, uh, this is a trade that didn't swing the meter um, for me. Either way, um, I guess um, getting rid of Troy Brown Jr. hit me a little harder than I thought it would because um, I've been kind of getting on his case for the last couple of years. But finally seeing him being let go, I think uh was like, man, I wish we uh, I wish we actually could have kept him. Um, he was only 21. Um, he just needed to be coached properly. Um, you know, he probably needs another, I don't know, two years of development. And then, like, he has a skill set to, to really be a an impact player in the league. Um, you know, probably coming off the bench most likely. But regardless, um, you know, I've always likened him to um, Evan Turner or, like, kind of like a, a poor man's um, Andre Iguodala. Um, but I think he needed a couple more years to develop into that with, with the right coaching. Um, so I'm sorry to see him go. Um, Wagner, I think Wagner, Wagner ultimately ended up in Boston. Um, cause they. Wagner went to Boston, Luke Cornett's in Boston, Troy Brown Jr., Javante Green, Daniel Theasar in Chicago. And of yeah. course, Daniel Gafford and we got Chandler Hutchinson. Yeah. So, uh, Chicago flipping Wagner for, for, for Daniel Tice, who, who I kind of like is interesting, I guess, because, uh, you know, we, we probably could have done the same thing. Um. But as far as Gafford goes, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as Gafford goes, um, I like his game. Um, he's, you know, high energy, um, runs the floor, like you said. Um, doesn't seem like he has much, like, skill. He just, he just looks like he's, like, really just an effort type of guy. But we really need that. Um, what would be interesting, um, a good thing is that he's under contract for, I think, two more years. Very, very light contract. Uh, what What's going to be interesting is, um, seeing if he ever hits the floor with uh Thomas Bryant. Um, sure. uh, Thomas Bryant's at the four and he's at the five. That's can teams handle that much energy in, in a front court? I mean, that you know, that 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 could potentially uh be problematic for other teams. 
Um, well, let's hope we were able to see that one day and, and, and see this guy develop. I think he's 24. Um, so he's a good age. Um, long, got a, a long wingspan. Um, athletic, which we were severely lacking. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that excited about it. Not yet. Um, I, you know, wait to see him hit the floor. Um, as far as uh, Hutchinson, man, I don't know. I, I never even heard of you. Apparently he's been out for a while for personal reasons. So I mean, who right. knows what that's about. Um, but, but yeah, man, I mean, the trade obviously was more so for, for Gafford. Um, so I'm just going to, just going to do like a wait and see approach, I guess. I think I think the most interesting point that you brought up was the fact that we could have an energetic and and big effort type of front court there with Thomas Bryant, assuming he comes back, let's say like eighty percent of who he was and Daniel Gafford. You know, the interesting interesting thing about them both is the fact that they're both six ten. But like you said, man, they both play with effort and they both play with energy. And teams are gonna feel that pressure and that energy out there from like game one assuming both are still on the team, um, you know, and, and you got one guy in Thomas Bryant who can shoot a little bit. He's going to get to the rim and all that. And he's going to be able to get some dump offs. And Gaffer, like you said, man, he's not like a big skills guy, but he's going to, you know, get you to the rim. He's going to get you to dump offs. I think they have skill sets that can definitely play off each other. I agree. Uh, you know, um, Thomas Bryant is, is, um, more offensively inclined, uh, especially working with that, you know, that jumper that he's been developing in the last couple of years. Um, and he's a hard screen guy. Um, and he can roll pretty nicely too. Um, you're right. I mean, they could definitely complement each other. I'm, I'm more interested in seeing this guy on a defensive end though, uh, Gafford, I mean, um, to see what he brings as far as limiting, you know, uh, points in the paint, stuff like that. Um, I definitely, you know, I think we need that rather. Exactly. We we definitely landed a guy that um, on paper fills a void that we desperately needed, which is, you know, some defensive, um, a defensive presence in the, uh, in the front court. Um, If he could, when we played the Nets the other day, that, that kid, uh, Claxton, um, who I think is, is he on a 10 day for them? I don't know. Um, But you could you could see that that type of center, just you know, just kind of being around to catch the lobs, do, you know, putbacks. He does all the dirty work, you know, he'll box out, block shots, stuff like that, and he'll just be the energy. If he could, if Gafford can be that, I think that that makes us better defensively immediately. Um, Wagner obviously has been back in Brooks's doghouse the last couple of days, um, couple of games. I mean, um, so you know. I guess the writing was on the wall for him. Um, so, like I said, man, I, I, I think that offensively we're probably we probably lost uh, some skill with who we got who we got back, but defensively it looks like that we gained, and that's important. Yeah, my question is, so I guess Gafford might be first off the bench as far as bigs go depending on the matchup i guess between alex lynn and robin lopez you know but both those guys are going to be turnstiles on defense so it's going to be interesting how that big man rotation goes guards you already know how it goes but yeah these these forwards man and these bigs they've been a problem for us for a little while um thomas bryant 
like I'm gonna keep saying it because I'm such a big fan of his. Like he definitely brought some stable, stable stabilization, I guess you could say, to that lineup. And again, his, his absence is is felt really big time for this team. Um, and as far as Nick Claxton goes, he was drafted last year in the second round, so this is his second year with the team. Um, so he's under contract control as a rookie for a couple more years. Gonna be interesting how he goes, man. But I mean, he had two huge dunks and one dunks against the Wizards that helped them deliver the win when the game was. I think the Wizards were within five, uh, like five or six by the time he had those two big dunks. So yeah, he's definitely a big energy guy. He's definitely a big. Um, he's he's a problem for the for the Nets. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, we obviously again we didn't swing the meter. We got a bunch of expiring contracts. Uh, so you know, I I don't see us making the playoffs this year, unfortunately. The way that we're looking right now, so we're gonna have a completely different team and coaching staff. Hopefully, um, never know what happened with Ted. Um, but next year, next year is gonna look pretty different. Um, I'm I'm just thankful to God that Brad hasn't asked for a trade yet. But you never know what's gonna come in the off season. Um, I'm glad they didn't trade Russ. Uh, Russ last couple games has been, you know, been struggling a little bit with the turnovers and stuff like that. But um, overall, I'm still, I'm still riding with Russ right now. Um, you know, he's definitely starting to gel a little bit. Yeah. It's, and it seems like your prediction about him early on, man, we were both pretty negative, negative about the guy, but as he's gotten healthy, he's definitely gotten his groove back. He's got his swag back playing hard. So we're going to have to keep seeing what happens with him, but um, experiment seems to be going better. Uh, I can say for sure that right now it, it seems like we're doing a little bit better with that trade result. You know, Rockets were unfortunate in losing 20 straight games. Finally got a win the other night, so that's good for them. Um, but the I want to say one thing, and I think it was pretty interesting. Someone had to take that um, without, you know, moving Bradley Bill. Tommy Shepard kind of sent out a... a, a a memo to the league, a message to the league that, you know, if you don't, if you're not willing to sell the farm for Bradley Bill, if you're not willing to, you know, give away a bunch of picks and some players, then then, then don't even call me. Don't insult, insult me like that. And yeah. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on, on that take. Oh, uh, so I missed that. Um, and this wasn't, this wasn't even like a, this was a reporter friend of mine. This is Wizards fan. But okay. yeah, I thought his take was pretty interesting about that. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, when you look at what a team like OKC has right now, when they probably when they pretty much have the draft on lock for like the next five to seven years, based on all the moves that they made and get rid of their squad. Um, when you have that in one hand, the other hand, you have a star like Bradley Bill. It's it. For me, I, I've been saying this entire time that nah, Brad Brad needs to stay. Um, he's the best thing we've had since who knows when. Um, but when you look at when you look at you know OKC, which obviously we're not gonna you know they they traded multiple people, but um, it's like I mean, if you look at that, it's kind of like well, I mean, 
if you are calling me about Brad and you are willing to sell the farm, then maybe we can maybe we can talk about it briefly. I, you know, let me let me at least hear about it. Um, but at the same time, it is it is Brad, man. Um, it, it's a, it's a tough question. Um, I will say this, this, this is one of those questions that makes me mad, uh, makes me glad I'm not a GM. Um, <laughs> I would be a, I'd be a horrible GM because I would probably, you know, my gut would say turn down every offer and, and put loyalty over business. Hey, Brad's been good to you. Be good to him. Um, but that that may not be the best business move. So, I mean, you know, I understand people saying that, you know, we need to let him go and and, and reap those benefits. Um, but I don't know if I could do it, man. I really yeah, don't. I, me, myself, man, I go back. I go back and forth every day about the trade because and, and you even brought this up before. If it was anybody else other than Tommy Shepard, like, let's say Masai, Masai Urizi. Yurish, Yurish, from Yujiri. Yujiri, I'm sorry, I butchered that name. Um, <laughs> yeah, if it was Messiah, man, he would he would have let go of Bradley Bill this off season or maybe even the next. So, you know, and the main thing that I want is draft capital, and then at least maybe one or two equitable talents that you know we're not going to be screwed forever trying to just rebuild. Because, in all honesty, man, we've been doing this playoff push thing but it seems like we're just always in the down the down pack we're not exactly in the middle pack we're not we're definitely not championship contenders we're always just middling in the bottom there so we can't continue to just rebuild and just go out there and put out a mediocre product so you got to have somebody out there that can produces or replaces production that's my main thing but then at the same time it's like you said he's been loyal he's been the best player that we've had maybe since like Gilbert maybe the most entertaining since Gilbert best scorer for sure so that's my that's my whole thing about it yeah it's not such a cut and cut and dry you know like it's one thing to be having this discussion knowing that Brad wants to be here at least that's what he's saying it's a whole nother thing to to hear that he's you know he's officially requested a trade at that point you no longer want to be here, then this is a whole different discussion. Like, yeah, let's, let's see what we can get for you. Uh, since we failed you with a capital F, um, since we drafted you, and you know, failed to put the proper pieces around you to, you know, to, to complement your talents with this team. Um, let's, let's see what, let's see what we can get. Uh, that's a whole different discussion. Uh, since he, since he has not come out and said that yet, you know, um, I am where I am on it, like, and my answer is I don't know. <laughs> For sure. So, and just looking around this league, man, uh, some great pieces moved. Vic, Vic Oladipo, he left. Uh, Houston, J.J. Redick is in Dallas. Uh, who else? Yeah, Vic is in, Ol- isn't Vic Ol- isn't Oladipo. Vic is in Miami. I'm sorry, guys. And then Lemon Pepper Lou got traded to Atlanta. Gets to be in Magic City all the time, man. What did you think of the other moves going around in the league? Um, I think uh, one of the biggest moves today, and nobody's really talking about Aaron Gordon at Denver. Yeah. Um, but they give up Gary Harris and uh, RJ Hampton, which I think that they just drafted RJ. Yeah, they didn't. Know. I don't even think he got to play much either. Mm. Um, there's another, per- another person in there, too. I can't remember the name, but. Um, that's that was a good move for them. 
I mean, obviously, I was saying on here that I would have loved Aaron Gordon um, or Nick Vucevic, who went to Chicago. Um, but yeah, man, um, Blazers got Norman Powell. They let Gary Trent go. I know that hurt, but yeah, that was an interesting trade. Yeah, I guess they weren't going to want to pay him because I guess he um he showed his hand and showed that he can play, so he's probably going to expect to get paid this offseason. Um, but that was a good move for them. Kyle Lowry not getting traded is probably the biggest move that, that didn't happen. Um, well, it definitely is the biggest move that didn't happen after hearing about all the teams that were interested in him. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess Masai, <laughs> he, he really wanted uh, a big haul back for Kyle Lowry. Um, and I guess that, you know, the, out of the four teams I saw reported, um, it, they just didn't offer much or enough, I should say. But, um, but yeah, um, definitely a lot of moves made today. I, and I, I just, that's why the trade deadline is one of the, the great days for the NBA and, and NBA fans, man, because. Uh, and you mentioned Aaron Gordon, Gary Harrison, RJ Hampton in the Denver Orlando trade, and then the other guy was Gary Clark. And then the Magic are receiving a 2025 first round pick with top five protection through 2027. Uh, so it's basically going to be useless for a little while without with those protections. Um, yeah, I think I, I would agree that the Aaron Gordon trade is definitely up there as far as like the big ones. But Kyle Lowry not getting traded, yeah. I thought the Clippers should have been going after him because they need a point guard. And let's say AD goes down again and he gets hurt again. Clippers would would automatically be be the biggest threat to the Lakers right then and there because the Lakers aren't... I I have faith in LeBron James to get to the finals, but they're not as, as good without AD on that team. You know, you don't want Montrez or you don't want... uh. Dennis Schroeder, you don't want Kuzma, you don't want the the other the bald Mamba uh, to be like your second best player, you know what I mean, or to be like the biggest pieces for your championship team. And I think Kyle Lowry can definitely take the the Clippers over over the hump, especially when he has a relationship with Kawhi. You know, it's how to play off of him. Yeah, I'm sure that they just didn't want to pay the price of Kyle Lowry. I know they settled for uh, Rondo, which is still a good move for them. Rondo, obviously, Rondo, the only problem with Rondo is the fact that he's hurt and he's he hasn't played much this season. And then you don't know what he's he, like. Playoff Rondo is a thing, but then you don't know what, you, what you're getting for everything else. Yeah, yeah, true that, true that, man. Um, I'll say that I'm really interested in this uh, upcoming buyout market. I know um, Drummond and Marcus Aldridge, they're both set to be bought out. It's probably a few other names. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that. I saw there was a report that John Wall and Houston are not in discussions to to for a buyout, which I thought was interesting because why is that why is that even news? So I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think. All right. Um. So that would be interesting. Um. But yeah, I'm um, just the looking Marcus at something. still out there too. I think as a free agent, buyout free agent. Who is? The Marcus Cousins. Was he? I think he's not. I think he's still on the team, right? No, because they got rid of him. Uh, Rockets got rid of him not too long ago. You know, simply because like the guy, the guy just isn't fitting into the team, and then you know he just isn't producing like like they thought he would be. So they got rid of him. Mm. So it's it's a it's a tough situation for Demarcus Cousins, man, because 
you go from being like a a candidate for a big contract for the Pelicans, and then you end up messing you you end up tearing your Achilles, whatever it was, and then now you're just been moving around, getting hurt left and right. Man, it's, it's your your fortunes can change so quickly as an NBA as a as a professional athlete, really. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree, man. <laughs> I think uh another trade that we need to talk about too is the Boston Celtics uh letting go of Jeff Teague and two second round picks for Evan Fournier. That team kinda has been very underwhelming as far as, you know, coming together and actually being a big Eastern Conference threat. They're twenty one and twenty two now after they lost to the Bucks last night. And uh you know, I think Evan Fournier is gonna be a guy who can play replace Gordon Hayward in his production. So I think this is this is a, a trade that no one else is really thinking about other than the, the Aaron Gordon to Denver one. Yeah, true that, man. What's unfortunate for them is I think that for for the last I don't know last eight, ten years, um, Danny Ainge was like really highly regarded over there in um in Boston. And they just have not been able to get over that hump, whatever whatever they're battling, regardless of what team they put out on the floor. Um, I just kind of like I kind of chuckle at any moves that Boston makes these days because it's like, yeah, that's not gonna work. That's not that's not gonna get what you what you want it to. Um <laughs> I feel like ever since they I know Isaiah Thomas was hurt, but ever since they let him go, um, they traded him for Kyrie. Like, they've just been kind of – I mean, they've been good, but it's just like you – I always look at them and say, like, something's wrong there, and I can't really put my finger on it. But, I mean, I guess that's karma for for trading uh, Isaiah Thomas just after his sister died and, you know, after he played his heart out in those playoffs, and yeah. including, you know, uh, beating us. Um, what a run that kid had, but um, yeah, man, I, I, <laughs> if if I was a Boston fan, I would, I would just kind of be like, this, you know, same thing I feel about the Wizards, like that that trade just doesn't swing the fence for me. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to see what happens with that. And as far as something not being right over there, I think it's Larry Bird one. You know, Larry Bird, the probably the greatest Celtic of all time, if not top two Celtics of all time, once said, you know, as the head coach, you're only going to have a team a year for, what, four or five seasons at least. Brad Stevens has been there since, what 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 has it been, since 2014, 2015, I want to say? And uh, I think it's lot. been longer than that, right? Say it again? I think it's been longer than that, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, either way, it's been a while. Yeah. The guy might not have the locker room like he used to. They might just be blurring him out, you know, and, and maybe just Danny Ainge just kind of lost his magic. I mean, we, we all saw what happened a couple of years ago with him being able to fleece the Nets in that KG and Paul Pierce trade. But ever since then, man, you know, he's had some good moves with Kyrie getting over there and, and Gordon Hayward, but, you know, and, and being able to draft Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But, you know, it's time... It's, it's either time now or it's time never for them to get it, get to that championship round and, and get over that hump because at some point you got to make a decision to let him go or, or something because that, that clock is moving and they don't have much time left. 
Yeah, for real. And I mean, I don't. I, that's a that's another tough. One. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to the theory that Brad Stevens is a problem. Um, not that I've really looked into it that hard with that team, but um, I've always like really regarded Stevens as like one of the better young coaches. Um, kind of like I always looked at him like on the equivalent with uh, Eric Spolster, even though Eric Spolster has like you know hardware to show, but. Um, I always thought that they were kind of similar in like their coaching styles, and they were like they had that skill um, uh, to adjust to you know game plans and stuff like that, and you know rotate rotations were on point. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like Danny with the with the positions that Danny Ainge puts puts his his roster in, like I would be looking at him before I look at Brad Stevens. But I mean, that's just me. That's just me being an outsider looking in. Yeah, I mean, my criticism is just the fact that, again, they've made the conference finals multiple times now. Uh, he's been deemed as, like, the next-up coach. He's supposed to be a genius, and then they just can't get over the hump. And it's a, it's a terrible monkey to have on your back, man, and I'm just ready for him to, you know, get over that hump now and be able to get that championship because we all know he's got the ability to, the ability to do so. It just seems like... Every year, something keeps happening. Every, you know, they go into this conference finals against the Miami Heat, and they end up, they keep getting beat in the fourth quarter. They keep losing and collapsing. You know what I mean? Year before, a couple years before that, Isaiah Thomas gets hurt. A couple years before that, they didn't, they just weren't ready to do that with, uh, without Kyrie being there and then Gordon Hayward obviously being hurt. Like, it's, it's, it's interesting dynamic going on with him, but I, I do like Brad Stevens for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, he's definitely had his moment. He's had his chances, um, and he hasn't delivered. Uh, I, I agree with you there. Like, there's, there's no sugarcoating that. Um, but if you ask me, would I take him on the Wizards? Like, <laughs> I, I'd have an answer for you very quickly. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> he and, – and I was just thinking about this the other, two, other day, too. Like, Scott Brooks – it just it it just seemed like he just was able to he was just fortunate enough and able to uh you know get to the OKC job when they had three generational talents on the team at the same time you know what I mean they may not they may not have even needed uh, Scott Brooks to be there maybe Russ as far as having a coach that believed in him but KD and James Harden might have been who they were regardless Russ was probably going to be a great player regardless of Scott Brooks being there or not. And then he got this label as being a de- developmental coach. And we've seen from the years since then, like, it, it just seems like a label that doesn't fit him. And Bradley, I mean, Bradley Bill, Brad Stevens, we know the guy is a genius as far as X and, X's and O's goes. He knows how to put a, put a team together. It's just, you know, he's not able, able to get over the hump. And, yeah, I, I'm with you, Marcel. I would love to have Brad Stevens as a Wizards coach. Yeah, for some reason, man, like, he – I feel like he's able to like command um, the respect out of his team. I know, I know that you you said that uh, a part of you thinks that uh, maybe he's lost that locker room. Um, but uh, when I compare him to when I compare him to Brooks, man, it's like I don't know, like what what is this? <laughs> They're both you know scrawny guys. I get it, uh, but you know, like. For some reason, it seems like you would much rather 
you would feel much better pissing Brooks off than you would Brad Stevens for, for whatever reason. I, I don't know what's there, but um, so like, you know, he just, he just commands that out of you for some reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'd be, he'd be light years, uh, uh, you know, better of a coach than what we currently have. Um, it's getting real hard for me to watch these games, man, to be honest. It, it, I'm just at a loss for words. Just just watching. I I don't understand why Alex Lynn had like a hot start the other night and then he gets benched for the rest of the game. And then you're running Rui at the five against um geez, who do we play again? I'm drawing a blank. This is how much I care right now. The Knicks. Um, the Knicks who are a bigger team, you're running Rui at the five because for whatever reason, Alex Lynn made his way into your doghouse during the game. Um and then the many times that Bonga has gotten off the bench instead of Troy Brown, uh, before Troy Brown, I get it for, you know, quote unquote defensive purposes, but I think Troy Brown gave you everything that Bonga had defensively, but then he gives you something offensively too, including being a playmaker. Um, it's just, it's just so mind boggling, man. It really is. It really is, man. And, you and me both. We are pretty optimistic about Troy Brown Jr. as far as being like, you know, a playmaking, playmaking wing for the Wizards. He, he showed off a little bit that he could do that, being able to run pick and rolls, being able to break down his opponent a little bit, and then he just ends up getting into the doghouse like, not even ten, fifteen games into the season, and it seems like he just had a, a super short leash, and he really just had a lost year with this team and, and hopefully he can turn it around and, and play better uh, where, where he is. Cause uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly a bit of a fan of his um, Marcel, man, before I let you go, you got anything else that you want to say to the wishes junkies community and wishes fans in general? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm back on the fire Scott Brooks train, man. So um, fire Scott Brooks. Fire Scott Brooks, simple and plain as that. We're going to have to see. We're, we're holding our tongue, tongue about Bradley Bill, man, because Bradley Bill makes this team tolerable to to watch. We got to see if he can finish out a game strong like his, as he as he starts it. But my main thing is, yeah, we, we should keep Bradley Bill and, and get what we can. Russ, love to see what you're doing. Keep it up. Lead these. Figure out how to lead these guys to, to wins in the fourth quarter, man, because we're always yeah. right there. We're right there. Did you notice how bad uh, Brad's body language has been in the last couple of games? Say it again. Have you noticed how Bradley's uh, body language has uh, how bad it's been the last couple of games? Yeah, I mean, obviously the guy is frustrated. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And as a, and again, as a leader, you got to pick that up and you got to change that around because that energy is contagious. Like like Jarvis Landry once said, man, you how you how you how you present yourself on the court. Everybody else picks that up. So you can't display that on the court. You can't display your frustrations like that. I understand it's, it's tough to lose, but, you know, keep your head up, man, because we, we need you to keep showing up. For sure. And uh, that'll be all for this Wizards Junkies podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We are out. Bang! <laughs>